If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now, go. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hello, you're listening to episode three of Gig Pigs with me, Alex Keeley. Yes, uh, it feels still big that it's our third episode, but I think we're running out of episodes in which we can make a big deal out of. Look at us, it's episode three. By about four or five, we're just going to be taking it in our stride. Of course, and you can see it, episode three already, Ivor Graham is bored of saying his own name after I've introduced oh, myself. And, uh, and my name is Ivor Graham, <laughs> of course. So lovely to be back with my good friend Alex Keeley. <laughs> Topping and tailing another episode of music and gig going based chat. Um, still, chronology quite out of whack. It's March. Uh, we have been hammering the gigs, which we will then be talking about and releasing episodes about in the coming months. But today, we return to a conversation we had in January about a gig we went to in December. Is that right? That is exact. The, the, the chronology is all correct there. Um, thank you for. I, I thought for myself for a moment. I was like, "It's not the other way around, is it?" No, of course it can be. The, of course it can be the other way around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a sort of Cassandra Gig Pigs podcast where we predict what, in this case, the cure will sound like not with the Cassandra our Jenkins, crucially, who we recommended at the end of last week's podcast. And I hope that some people might have listened to that, and enjoyed it. But no, yes. I, I, whenever whenever I recommend Cassandra Jenkins, I do so doomed in the knowledge that no one will listen to my recommendation. That's a that's your own Cassandra. That's my own Cassandra um, well, fallacy. Um, sorry to make you repeat your own joke there. <laughs> As it was past my head, I thought you were just referencing the fact that people, there's quite a limited uptake on it stuff when you true. talk about it, it being spoken be word. As, it could be true as a non-Greek myth, no one listens to my music taste gag <laughs> as well. A bit sadder, I think, than a fun little classical illusion. <laughs> it works in and out of the mythological context. <laughs> Cassandra, um, but I think I remember being quite desperate to be like, it's a bit spoken wordy but, 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 but work your way through that um, <laughs> even within the song your love for it will grow and grow um, but no a strong recommendation but we're not going to saddle ourselves at this point with the extra admin and I know we keep banging on about the admin and we love it you're my best friend but uh, doing preview episodes so it's like well for every episode we meet up we record what we think the gig's going to be like then we go to the gig and then we meet up again to review the gig that's just not workable <laughs> um, so yeah we went in December to watch The Cure The Cure need you know I'd, I think very little introduction they're one of the most important British uh, sort of rock uh, sort of goth pop bands of all time they headlined uh, Glastonbury Festival in 2019 I was lucky enough to see them there I mentioned that do say if any point I'm banging on about Glastonbury too much <laughs> 
<laughs> a lot of stuff gets filtered back through the various sort of triumphs and regrets of my last few years on the farm. Um, and there's a, there's a fair bit of that here as well. I think when you start talking about the sort of the virtual year at Glastonbury, I think, come on, power yeah, yeah. pipe down a bit. <laughs> we can all watch Heim on Zoom. <laughs> well, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, could, we could all watch Heim on Zoom. And so it didn't have that lovely whiff of exclusivity. The point is the cure headlined the final pre-lockdown of Glastonbury in 2019. And then... That in- was weird that they called it that on stage. <laughs> yeah. we, really, we, really, we really should have listened to them, but we were just too excited about pictures of you coming on for their sort of doomed warning of impending the pandemic. The perfect soundtrack for it in many ways. Uh, <laughs> Robert Smith was wearing a mask the whole time. Um, so, And we watched them with someone who, um, if, if only by comparison to The Cure, uh, needs a little bit more introduction. A fantastic comedian, uh, friend and uh, consumer and knower of music and collaborator with musicians, as we'll find out. It's Sally A.B. It's Sally A.B. I had, again, covered in the podcast... Uh, Seller and I have had two pivotal trips back from Leicester, a train journey, a delayed train journey in Feb uh, 2022, when uh, it was really the first time we chatted about anything, let alone music, and then um, a long car journey to and from Leicester in Feb 2023. Thank goodness for the annual pilgrimages of the Leicester Comedy Festival. Um, yeah, sure. In this episode, um, I forget one quite basic thing that Celia told me on the previous Leicester trip, but I, I present it as something like really quite sweet that I remember, but I get it completely wrong. Thus, in many ways, undermining the annual recall completely. Well, it's difficult. What's better to to ballpark correctly remember an anecdote about someone, but it's sort of a vague sketch, or to have like a precision <laughs> HD anecdote about someone, but there's like a crucial not that you've forgotten, <laughs> a crucial negative. So you remember in perfect Technicolor the opposite thing about someone. Um, I think the second's better. Yeah. Sh- I think it does show you care more, <laughs> but you've just forgotten them. Oh, it's a, they're allergic to peanuts. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you are dead now. But how good of me that I remembered something to do with peanuts about you. Such a conversation about their intense feelings in one way or another for peanuts. And, that's what, uh, that's and what, what, it's all on me that they're dead now, is it? <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, c- comparatively to that superb, it's like, um, like one of the best ever. This was a, a more minor one. But yes, Celia is someone who certainly you, you, you're keen to impress with your, your own music knowledge because she's got so much. So it was lovely when we found out that she uh, and our friend Fern Brady were going to be attending the same Cure gig. We briefly dreamed of dividing it into two pods where we talked to Fern about the support and Celia about the Cure. Fern then, wasn't it? I mean, there's a lot of spoilers for the episode here. Am I over-spoilering? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think a spoiler for something that doesn't happen. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty miserable one. Yeah, so if you're getting excited about that, it doesn't happen. Okay. Uh, so we discussed both uh, with Celia and... Um, the sport band being The Twilight Sad. The Twilight Sad. Who... Oh, I think that we... Uh, I'd like to re-recommend The Twilight Sad's uh, cover of Frightened Rabbits' Keep Yourself Warm. Because um, I don't think that's in the final edit of this podcast. It's a podcast that's bulging with content. And I do agree that, that I think your... Um, recommendation of that cover of Frightened Rampant they did is not in the mm. recording. So if you want to, t- if you want to recommend it now, that's a good thing to do. I don't want to present this as some sort of, um, you know, inter like a civil war between us and the the very kind producers and editors who are helping us <laughs> with our limited or certainly my limited technical skills make our podcast. But it is quite heavy handedly that I'm saying. 
I, I see you trying to cut out me talking about the Friday's High Cutting Away from Rabbit, and here I am doing it in the top, not even in the tail, which is sort of recommendation adjacent, getting it up front. <laughs> Uh, Frightened Rabbit are one of my favourite bands. Uh, it's a very um, sad story behind uh, Frightened Rabbit and then the sort of general collaboration of the sort of Scottish indie rock scene around them. Um, so the Twilight Sad uh, playing a cover which is which is available, recorded, but I think it was quite a rare live outing of the very emotionally intense Frightened Rabbit song Keep Yourself Warm um, at the Wembley Arena was... It was very special for me. And if that's not in the podcast... <laughs> Let's see what is. <laughs> it was a, it was an absolutely fantastic rendition of that. I would agree with that recommendation. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, so yeah, Celia is great. We're very lucky to have her. Um, she's doing a run at the Soho Theatre. She's doing a run at the Soho Theatre. I think that is the last uh, week of March. I think Wednesday the 29th of March, I think through to the, the 1st of April, the 2nd of April. But it's that, it's that last, last week of March, first week of April. And hey, guess who's also doing a couple of shows at the Soho Theatre that week? Wow. <laughs> how, do we feel, how do we feel about that plug segue? I don't mind it at <laughs> All, but will Sally mind it? I don't know. I think it's. No, I, think it's I think it's, it's all, all plug goose the to the gander. It's the same week. You can't. I don't think you can see us both on the same night because I think I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, and she's doing Wednesday. But hey, Wednesday onwards. So you know, you could you could two trips to the South Theatre in one week. There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. So I'm doing my show Monday and Tuesday, the 27th and 28th of March, and then Celia is doing her fantastic show Swimming, uh, which I saw at the Aberyst with the Comedy Festival in October. And I very much recommend seeing that. I, to my shame, I've not seen swimming in, in full. I've gigged with Celia a lot in the last uh, year or so, and she's always fantastic. But I can't, I can't recommend the whole show. I'm pretty certain I would, but you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Whereas Alex Keeley, winner takes all. Yes, I, I, you know, I mean, it was sort of in a claustrophobic relationship with her for the last year, and I, and it's my favourite relationship. <laughs> um. Without Good. any further Without- ado, <laughs> you've got two trips to the Soho in the diary. Um, well, you've, you've written them in the diary, and now it's a case of, um, will I erase them on account of not enjoying this podcast enough? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> so please enjoy Sally I.B. on The Cure and The Twilight Sand. Today's guest and I had a gorgeous sing-along to a few tracks from the latest Arctic Monkeys album, The Car in the final stages of our journey back from a gig in Leicester last Friday night. So please welcome Celia A.B. Celia, thank you for coming in. Did you enjoy our Arctic Monkey sing-along? It was lovely, Ivor. I enjoyed the fact that we, um, for the last few songs, we parked to listen to them. We did park to listen to them. We were waiting for an Uber to arrive to take you to the last bit of your journey yeah. home <laughs> because I'd reneged on a promise to take you all the way home and then was cosmically punished for that by your Uber taking so long that I may as well have... He was driving away. He was driving away from us and I had to cancel and get another one who refused to play the rest of the car. I'd never engaged with the possibility that an Uber driver would be sort of essentially driving in so erratically that the only possible explanation could be that they were trying to get you to cancel. I didn't think I could be rejected so slowly by an Uber driver. It was just... It was tantric, <laughs> Driving away from the destination, every second adding an extra minute. And, and you're just there hoping that we actually live in a Pac-Man world where if it goes far enough that direction of the map, it just... Oh, it just comes back. The other yes. side of... It would be like a Lara Croft situation where he keeps sort of bumping into <laughs> it. <laughs> I think if we can take it even further back in time from Pac-Man to Snake, this guy would have hit his own tail so many times. <laughs> so much was he like baffling the double down. <laughs> but meanwhile, we were working our way through body paint, 
the car, Beckett's title track. Oh, and then Big Ideas, which you said you enjoyed so much and you couldn't wait to see live. And I said, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it will. I think it's one of the bigger hits from the car. I mean, I suppose you could already be checking that on set list from their current dates, but mm. specifically referencing the UK dates. We'll log that prediction in now. Yeah. On record. Can't wait to see who wins um, <laughs> in the summer. Well, listen, shall we move on to your own musical history beyond the Arctic Monkeys here? Although our trip to a gig in Leicester this year was on the near one-year anniversary of when we first properly chatted about music, yes. when we were stuck on a train back from the Leicester Comedy Festival in February 2022, where we covered all sorts of topics. But one of the main things I remembered <laughs> thinking about to it like a week or two later was, said he really likes the Arctic Monkeys other than the song Teddy Picker. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> If you'd said, no. what did you discuss with Sunday on your, on your like, delayed two hours? <laughs> like, oh, all sorts of things. But it really doesn't like... Oh, no, no, so no, no, really no. I, really like like, I really like Teddy Picker because it was the only... It was one of three songs that I had on a, a really old Windows computer, which was the first computer we ever had, was Teddy Picker. And I didn't know what a Teddy Picker was until very recently. And it relates to the claw, in a way. Of course. It relates to the claw. It relates to the claw at Oxford Services. I just keep going on about this bloody road trip <laughs> from Leicester. But at Oxford Services, we shared a punnet of mango chunks. And I plucked one from the punnet in a manner that said it described as like being a claw from one of those teddy pickers that you also get in service stations. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Which led to a really good riff about maybe 45 minutes later about someone being addicted to gambling both through the, those teddy pickers. <laughs> 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 and this sentence that I did write in my notes had, Dad lost a house on the claw. <laughs> <laughs> but Teddy Picker is one of my favourite Arctic Monkeys songs. There's a lot of nostalgia attached to it. I would be lying if I said that it didn't fill my heart with joy whenever it comes up on my Spotify. Well, pretty mad that I decided to volunteer as one of the main things I remembered from our first interaction, you not liking the song Teddy. So where's that come from then? I'll tell you where that's come from, I've realised, <laughs> which is that the comedian Mark Nelson, I remember seeing him on Twitter a few weeks ago, ranking his favourite Arctic Monkeys songs, and someone replied, Teddy Picker so low, and he replied, yeah, never liked it. <laughs> You've retconned a strong Arctic Monkeys opinion from that's one it, comic to exactly. another. Yes. In the last year, I've heard one comic whose Arctic Monkeys opinions I deeply respect said it's one of their favourite songs, and another bafflingly shove it down the line. <laughs> Celia, how many gigs would you say you've been to in the last calendar year? The last calendar year, I have been to... I like that... Um, Audible totting. It's like at a perfect ASMR level, which I would describe as contestants conferring on University Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, listen, Raymond. No, Raymond, the other one. Okay, yeah. That's, okay, just say Remus. Yeah. Field Wednesday. It's old and athletic. Fine. So, so we're looking at fourteen, and I've added seven that I've missed for different reasons. Either they were cancelled, rescheduled, or I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I misjudged how into seeing music I would be by the time I got there. So, so how have they made it onto the list then? So they've put them on like. Gigs I've missed, gigs I've attended. I mean, I'm starting an in-memoriam section of this podcast with that. <laughs> That's really nice, actually. In-memoriam for all the gigs that we lost. All the gigs yeah. that we lost this year. <laughs> but, what a, but, but, I mean, why, how, does it, how does a gig make it onto your gigs missed list in a more concrete way than just 
all the gigs that are happening that you might want to go and see. You've so had I had to tickets. Them? I had oh, tickets no. to them. Uh, Seven unused tickets. And do you subdivide yes. that into died by your hand and died by their hand, yes. i.e. couldn't make versus band yes. couldn't make? Yes. Yeah. How so, many in the post-COVID, if you'll forgive me using the phrase post-COVID world, how many gigs getting rescheduled? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, hey, I'll, I miss the strokes of Primavera, mate. Yes, okay, that's an immediate and very good example. I'm going to blast them very quickly. So I was meant to ironically go see Limbiscuits, which have rescheduled to April this year, which I am going to see with our dear friend Will. Rage Against the Machine cancelled on the 24th yes, of August at the Edinburgh not Fringe. a non-COVID, but sort of broken bone-related yes. snafu. Yes, Rage Against the Machine cancelled about a week before. I don't think you should before. be cancelling a gig for a snafu. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, think, I think I've rather underplayed either, I think, a broken leg from Zach I think it was his leg. Yeah, but then for ages, the American leg of the tour was still going. So there was a lot of anger from European sure. fans. Sure. I think it was like doctors were like, please don't fly, Zach. Yeah. It's a snafu in America, it's a mare in Europe. <laughs> Lucy Dacus, which I was meant to go to at the Fringe, but ended up seeing a show instead, and I really regret that. Do you know, lo- lock really down the show, you, show you regret seeing a Lucy Dacus? I'm not going to keep that zipped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone to Connect Festival at the Fringe, but I didn't go, so that was like the Nationals were playing, all of the lovely people were playing, but I didn't go. It was quite far. I just about managed the Edinburgh Fringe. Connect Festival double up to watch Did the Chemical Brothers, it? but it, it wasn't easy. Yes. It was not really in Edinburgh. It was at the airport. Yes, it was where Rage was going to play, actually, wasn't it? Alex bailed on me, and we'll come. Um, we'll come to that bailing. Please continue. <laughs> Thank with you. The autopsy. Kaiser Chief didn't go because I had a gig that popped up that I couldn't miss. Red Car, Kristen in the Machine's new project, yeah. had tickets to see. I think it was at South Bank Centre. Yes. Yeah. I had tickets to that and was also put on the guest list for the after drinks and just ended up not going because I felt very insecure about some new jokes and I really wanted to get them right. And they rescheduled five times. I just wanted to get the jokes and I regret it so much. (laughs) The last one was Stormzy, who I had tickets to go to with my ex. It was about three weeks after the breakup, who then message to say, would you still like to go to Stormzy? And I said, no, you can have him and I'll have him at the weekend, was the, the, <laughs> the wording that I used. And I, it's not the first time that I buy tickets with somebody, split up with them and then leave them. The first time was a great Funkadelic incident of 2017. <laughs> <laughs> you know who got your ticket? Yes, his best friend, uh, Peter, who's a lovely lad and I'm sure enjoyed Stormzy very much. Can we go back to the Kaiser Chiefs? Yes. What a Columbo choice to circle back to. For me, the one that I'm least interested in circling back to of the whole list. Well, but that's sort of why I want to ask it. Like, no disrespect to the... Oh, oh, please, please disrespect them. Um, Big part of my team's sort of delighted just from a nostalgia perspective that they're still going. Um, Why did you book to go and see the Kaiser I did not book to see them. They're playing sort of huge venues as well. It was one of the tour managers that I worked with this year was the tour manager for... Kaiser Chief and offered to get me a ticket to them if I wanted to in October and I put it in my diary and didn't ask him because I realised maybe three days before that I had little interest in, in waiting for one song that I really enjoyed that snobs in Birmingham once. Well look I'll come out as a yeah I'm, I'm excited for seven to eight songs on the set list I think. I'm, yeah. I'm... You sent me that random text about every day I love you. <laughs> Let's ask you. Just out of nowhere. Alex just messaged me to say, what a great song, Every Day I Love You, Less and Less. I think I said something like insanely strong that I think I immediately, did I immediately backtrack from it? (laughs) 2nd of July, 2021. 
<laughs> also, the also is in reference to a previous text about the strokes that I've not yet replied to. When will be Kaiser Chiefs' employment rehabilitation? It's actually a very good album, and the opening bars of Every Day I Love You Less and Less are an amazing way to kick off. <laughs> Six, Six minutes, minutes later, later, I actually retract this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, so it's come up on shuffle. I've gone, oh, why don't I just like tuck into some nostalgia there? And then like, what is the third song on employment that's made me triple text my best friend to retract? Do you know uh, what? I think it's that I've, every day I love you less and less has ended. I've listened to, I've listened to a bit of I predict a riot. I've sent you that text. Modern way has sustained it. And then na 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 has come on and I've gone, <laughs> do you know what? I must retract. That was like you a McDonald's. Think... You really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the farts afterwards have come and I've gone, yeah, there is a reason that, there is a reason that I don't. Why don't I do this every day? I don't think it's fair to call na 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 the McDonald's farts of employment. <laughs> when will there be a rehabilitation of employment? Such a, a sort of urgent question. We're long overdue. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. It's suggested that brands avoid using sound effects in podcast ads. And remember to speak in a chill tone. Well, here's a suggestion for everyday life. Tap into The Weather Channel app. It's loaded with insights that help you manage your allergies, breathe easy, and use your outside voice. What in the weather are you waiting for? Be a force of nature with The Weather Channel app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Really lovely autopsy of the gigs he didn't see. And the number of gigs he saw was, did you say about 10? 14. 14. Here's a question. If I saw a band a few times, like twice or three times, does that, does that count like one gig? No, I think that counts as, as many as he Therefore saw. Therefore, it's 14. Who's yes. the gig he saw many times in 2020? Uh, I saw Pup twice and St. Vincent three times. Wow. Well, we need to talk about that because some of the context of how you saw St. Vincent is very... Uh, is I very... hate to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> We've shaken it out of you. Tell the listeners in what context you were seeing St. Vincent. I bought tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> Ticketmaster, my old friend. <laughs> I was uh, very shocked to be asked to support St. Vincent this year for three of their UK dates, which led to me seeing them twice in the supporting capacity and once at the Apollo, which was... I saw her support the band and then saw them at the Apollo and then immediately started having anxiety about how good they were <laughs> at the Apollo. <laughs> and um, it was... A juddering live, unexpected anxiety. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. And with more support slots still to come. 
Um, if they come back to England, I mean, I imagine so because they um, the band really likes having comics on, and Annie is like she, I think she loves stand up. And what's it like doing stand up to a um, to a music audience? Um, so it fulfilled a bit of a fantasy that I think I've, um, I would say a lot of stand ups have, but I'm gonna say just myself of doing music instead of stand up. Sure. Um, and I was very nervous because it's such a weird thing and like the reaction when people would find out that I was doing it was uh, one of confusion and worry <laughs> and uh, which which didn't help with calming me down uh, but it, they were lovely gigs I it still it feels really surreal to know that I've done them like immediately as soon as I was done I was like I'm not going to remember what it felt like to be up there it was, um, but it was great I really enjoyed it. Would you support Kaiser Chiefs, do you think, if the opportunity <laughs> came up? I'm not going to um, say no, just in case Kaiser, Mr. Kaiser was to listen to it. I am, I, I am available for all of the dates. <laughs> if they don't mind me leaving as soon as Ruby is finished. I, you'd be making a mistake. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about the first gig you ever saw? Yes. So there's a couple. So my brother was in a band... Um, my brother's seven years older than me and so he, I used to go to all the rehearsals and they entered this competition where they got to the final and it was at the Bataclan in Paris and it was a, it was a huge deal at the time. No, it was at La Cigale, uh, the Bataclan is huge. <laughs> it, was at, it was at La Cigale and it was a huge deal that they were playing. And um, obviously I knew all the songs because I was there in rehearsals um, and I was so proud of him and I cried for so long. Like just everyone, I was shouting his name. I was like, "What's it?" What kind of music did they play? Uh, it was, uh, it was so close to Radiohead. It should have been illegal. <laughs> <laughs> which phase of Radiohead's career was it so close to being? A um, whichever is the um, the one with Tom York doing just sort of and like very low key with, but a bit of high and dry with um, things being saturated towards the end. They had the same formula. It was quiet, 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 quiet. Chorus, quiet, quiet, quiet. Chorus, big build-up end, and um, that's great. It, it, they were good, but the singer refused to write lyrics, so <laughs> they were um, housed from the competition because the, they 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 won it, but they realised that the singer didn't write lyrics and would inst in instead mumble things that sounded vaguely English. Right, right. There right. is a clip on YouTube. Yeah, I'd love to seek that out. <laughs> what and they said that you've got to you you can't be improvising. Well, it was kind of like uh, made of English. If you compare it to a band that had lyrics, if, I think it's worse to pretend to have them. It sounded great. But you know, <laughs> but, the argument just being just you're just using the you're just using the voice like an instrument. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, is that not is that not legit? Why does it have to be? I mean, I will contact them. It's it's happened twelve years ago. <laughs> so I might I might try and refuse. Is, is it open to judicial review on the French battle of the bands law? <laughs> they haven't stopped. I think Macron is a. <laughs> it's right, right. <laughs> But my um, my first gig that wasn't um, directly related to me was um, a free show in the town next to mine where they had the Temptations play. Oh, wow. And um, they did My Girl. It was a jazz festival in a town that had a really big casino called Enguin les Bains. And the... Um, and the, the, the festival is it's on every for the year. Temptations spend too much money on the table yeah. in the casino. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> now they were like, okay, we can break your legs or free gig next summer. <laughs> and I remember that they were on a platform on the lake and I might have romanticised it in my head, but because I was, I was very young, I, I fe it feels in my memory that they were drifting away <laughs> from the lake. 
<laughs> but I might have added that later on <laughs> on top of the memory. It's a great extra detail. <laughs> Just a, Just a, a fade out. Gig. Which is how fade outs are done when they record albums. Yeah, yeah. On Big Bruce Springsteen is the best in the business at walking slowly uh, with the correct rhythm away from the microphone. <laughs> There's a conveyor belt. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what that's what signing with a major record label gives you. You don't you don't have to walk yeah. on your own two feet anymore. It's, they've got the, the the bells and whistles in a major label recording studio are just the reverse conveyor belt. Yeah, yeah. The big labels they take you to Yo Sushi to, to for your lunch and They're like, this could be you. <laughs> then you come back round again. Yeah. You just get loud. Just get louder for the. For one of the rare fade-in songs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish I could produce a fade-in song off the tip of my tongue. There's mm. definitely a couple. Oh, um, Ben and Sebastian. Na, 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 na. Sleep the clock around. Yes. Yes. Yes, we That's did it. That's great stuff. Sam. That is Edinburgh 2022 Song of the Year for me. Oh, it's a beautiful Sleep song. Clock Not to be confused with Can't Stand Me Now by the Libertines, uh, ending at the start of a song. Also, the Smiths, uh, Some Girls Are Bigger Than Other, has that thing where he pretends to have a, a door opening and closing oh, yeah. at, at the start. That's a very complicated conveyor belt. That's, <laughs> that's an absolute <laughs> <laughs> That was an absolute nightmare to do. <laughs> um, should we talk about the uh, gig we went to see together? Yes. On December the 11th of last year, uh, the three of us went um, with uh, Rose as well to watch The Cure at Wembley Arena. Could you tell us about your relationship with The Cure? So I, um, I really liked them when I was a teenager, but it was mainly the hits. I mean, as you know, Lullaby was a, a really carried me through my teenage years as like an <laughs> angsty sort of sad song that I listened to. What's interesting about it, I think for me, is there's a band in France called Indochine, which is very similar to The Cure, and actually got in trouble for being so similar to them. Um, <laughs> it's just like the what is it the Academy Francaise that you have like you have like extra artistic copyrights yes. by laws in France. Well, in France, this is something that I'm realizing more and more as it, like it kind of drips into my memory. Like the amount of bands that were just French versions of other stuff that like it was insane because it was in the 90s, so no one really checked that you were copying <laughs> a band from another country. But Andersheen was an exact French replica of The Cure. Mm. Um, and so my mind had jumbled them both together. So when I got to the actual Cure gig, what I realized in hindsight is that the whole time I was waiting for a song that was one of Andersheen's. Amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> they're actually so similar that a few times The Cure started playing a song and I was like, it's L'Aventurier. <laughs> wow. Are they still going? They, I think they are. I, and I'll be honest, it's good stuff if you like The Cure. But I, I think the, I was quite busy with gigs and hadn't really thought about the, the, the Cure gig until the day before. And our friend Fern was meant to come with us. Mm. And um, then I did a sort of like a really quick revision of everything, trying to like have an emotional bond with songs that I didn't know very quickly. <laughs> so create relationships with songs I didn't know. And then, but then was very pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed uh, the entirety of the gig, even though it was quite a long boy. It was, <laughs> it was a long boy. And, and the it's, it's quite a big catalogue to try and uh, rush your revision yeah. for. Yeah. On the weekend of the gig. Yes. I, I could have used with a, a conveyor belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, um, I sent you quite a panicked text on the day going, 
I can't believe how unprepared I'm feeling for this gig. <laughs> <laughs> which, which you gave pretty reasonably short shrift. <laughs> Saying basically, this band have been big for 40 years and you've known you've been going to this for four weeks. Yeah, and also, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them and I saw them at uh, Glastonbury in uh, 2019 where, you know, I might well have, you know, had the same experience of knowing quite a lot, loving a lot of it, loving a lot of it atmospherically, but wishing I'd known a bit more. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, cut to three and a half years later with a direct uh, sort of creative, sort of commercial purpose behind our visit to the cure. And I've still <laughs> not done it. I've still not gone deeper on Wish. Um, the album, not the website. Well, you prepare that, X. Um, le I've been less prepared than either because I think I'm like probably a um, less long-standing. So again, I I've always loved sort of the top ten most famous yes. Cure songs. In fact, Ivo uh, put on a playlist for me uh, a night like this about ten years ago, which is such a good. I love that song. Um, I was so touched when you turned to me during a night like this and told me that it was, it, it was, it was, it was, Aww. I think that it's the dream scenario for me to be listening to a song I love with a best friend and then that best friend tell me that I put it on a mixtape for them 10 years ago and we don't remember that. Just a little bit of present with a thick old bit of past. That's the dream. But yeah, it was like, yeah, I, I think in the, um, it's head on the door that night like this is on, right? So like head on the door, I got really into in the kind of fortnight before. And there's a, is it like screaming, screaming babies, screaming pigs? That's uh, the song before uh, screaming puppies. It's. I think you're getting further away with every guest. I think it's called the baby screams. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I had I had all the material the first guest, just the wrong order. <laughs> so my take, my rule take for the we was sort of. I don't know whether we would talk about the support act as well. Let's go. We, let's so, go. So we'll go because, as you said, there's a nice link to the Connect Festival in Edinburgh in in August of last year. So in the, so I was gonna maybe try a sort of madcap attempt to dash from my last gig, the Edinburgh Fringe, to the Connect Festival with Ivo to uh, earlier in the day, way before Chemical Brothers, watch uh, the Twilight Sad, who yes. were supporting the Cure at this well in, in, on this tour. Yeah, um, and I'm a big, big Twilight Sad fan, and indeed, I think the Cure have got a very good track records of um, just great supporting certain um, not very massive support acts that like are following in that sort of goth footsteps, but particularly like this sort of um, slightly harder electronic version, but still with the same kind of aesthetic and vibe. Mm. So, so like Twilight Sad and Sixty Five Days of Static, a band they've had on uh, tour support with them before. And indeed, Robert Smith has contributed vocals in one of the only 65 Dead Static songs which has any vocals on it. And instead of putting them pure and neat, 65 Dead Static uh, chop Robert Smith's vocals up and Amazing. make it sort of a little uh, instrument a, a, a little bit. I mean, it's, there's sort of snatches of him, but it's not Lovely. as... Um, Disqualified from that French Battle of Arms. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not discernible actual lyrics, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it's it just very cool to see a band like Twilight Sad playing in, playing in an arena. Wembley Arena. Well, yeah. I love. Did you know the Twilight Sad before? No, but um, I mean, Fern got me onto them, and I I was really excited to see them. I only managed to catch two songs from the Twilight Sad because of the the ticket situation. Mm. Um, Oh yeah, we should say that it was a 50-50 on whether or not I could get into the gig. <laughs> you had your own stress. We sorted our tickets separately and you were meant to be going with Fern who then had to pull out and it was whether you'd still be able to use the plus one. Yes, I had to pretend to be Fern Brady. Right. Just, uh, which uh, I said, one ticket for Fern, 
no, two tickets for Fern. And then she said, there you go, Fern. And I said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then thank the gods that this person hadn't seen Taskmaster Series 13. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, seen St. Vincent live on tour, of course. Yes. <laughs> let's let's pull out the knowing you from you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, I only managed to catch two songs from the Twilight Sides, and I, was, I really loved it. I was sad to have missed the rest of it because um, I thought they had, they were, it was quite heavy, which I wasn't expecting, and um, I loved it. Well, I loved them, and as, an, as a particular um, album, um, Nobody Wants to Be Here and Nobody Wants to Leave um, <laughs> from a few years ago that I would uh, think is one of my favourite albums, and we devised this mad day. Well, I, I was trying to force through this mad day at the end of the Edinburgh Fringe before there was any, again, any sort of podcast purpose to it all, just, just we'd had a good fringe already. We'd seen the Gaslight Anthem and Cassandra Jenkins together. And I'd said on the final weekend, there's this festival. It's about half an hour's drive out of Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. The uh, Chemical Brothers are headlining. Um, Twilight Saturn on the, in the sort of early evening. And my, my original plan in an absolute taxi fest <laughs> was that you would do your last show I think it was your last show. It's my last show. 4 15. Yeah. At 5 15, I'd be waiting outside in a cab. We'd get a cab to connect and we'd watch the Twilight Sad together. You would then have the option of staying alone or with anyone else we brought <laughs> at the festival. I would then have to go back to Edinburgh and do my last show and then I would come back in another cab to then watch the Chemical Brothers with you. And you said the day before, I just think this is not going to be <laughs> so so legitimately. I was like, I, I refuse to commit to anything so administratively complex involving comedians and gigs. Yeah. Uh, and then later that year, decided we should do this podcast. Sorry for making a renege on that. <laughs> Solid principle. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. Awaken your senses with a curiously refreshing Hendrix Cucumber Lemonade. Curious how? Cue the aroma. Marvelous. Cue the taste. Magnificent. Cue the cucumber. That's the refreshing secret. Hendrix is uncommonly crafted with cucumbers, roses, artistry, and imagination. Other gins are ordinary, but Hendrix is refreshingly curious. Discover Hendrix Gin cocktail recipes at HendrixGin.com. Please drink the unusual responsibly. Hendrix Gin, 44% alcohol by volume. Bottled and imported by William Grant Sons, New York, New York. Copyright 2024. The Cure played for, I think we were all prepped for a long one, two and a half hours maybe? I yes. think, yeah. Yeah, two and a half, maybe 2.45, something yeah. like that. They started with, because uh, uh, there, there was a chunk of new, not that obviously I was in a position to be sure of what was new or what wasn't because it's, it's a yeah. big catalogue, but um, they've got a new album coming out relatively soon and they played five or six songs from that. Songs from a Lost World. And they started with quite an atmospheric song from that album. And the first line was something like, this is the last song we will ever sing. Something very like, I felt we were in parody cure territory. From the <laughs> <start>. <laughs> um, I felt that the, um, I really like it when songs merge into each other in that way. There's, um, and especially if they're atmospheric, but there's, Jeff Rosenstock does that a lot where he merges songs into one another and then plays them all in the same order live. And I really like that. And even though I didn't know most of them, I'd say the first hour of The Cure was uh, I did not know a single song. But there were a few 
mean, I was obviously uh, gunning for the Indushin song that I couldn't. <laughs> of course, yeah, it's hard to complain too much that the band's not playing the songs. They did not do a predictor riot. <laughs> <laughs> they dropped, um, they, uh, but you wouldn't have been happy with that anyway. You're all about Ruby. <laughs> I am all about Ruby. I am all about. bleeds Ruby. I mean, obviously, I was very happy to get a night like this very early. And yep. then to have the triumph of Alex reminding me of an old playlist. Um, just any sense of narrative arc, uh, gladly received. Um, and I think uh, Love Song. Yeah, and we got and, yes, and of pictures course, of you. Of course. And pictures of you. So actually, we spoiled. No, I would. Yes. I think I misjudged that the, uh, the, the hour that where I was. Um, the, the liminal space of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, was a bit later on. I do remember. Actually, I think I saw the moment where you told Ivo about the place because I saw Ivo have the biggest smile. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought it was very sweet. It was a lovely gig. And I think they sort of, sort of the structure of the gig was basically they sort of teased us with sort of that pictures of you, love song, mm. uh, a night like this at the beginning, obviously opening with that new track. But then the next few tracks out. And then I would say about an hour of. Yeah quite like noodling prog, much of it from the new album. Can and I upgrade, I can I upgrade from noodling? Swirling. I, swirling, <laughs> great. I well, I didn't, I didn't mean noodling pejoratively, but I'll take the upgrade. I'll take that upgrade. Um, I loved it. So I would say the thing that I loved most about this Kyo gig is there was a, you know, 10 to 12 song, like middle of it, that were almost entirely unfamiliar to me uh, and were quite long and beautiful and, uh, and swirling. And I just loved it. I loved. I did not mind not knowing it. I just. Uh, I just thought it was brilliant. I. Um, what do you think? And because he's obviously a funny man, Robert Smith. We've all seen yeah. the clip of him and and, and the reporter <coughs> um, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where mm -hmm. she says, "Like, are you as excited as I am?" And he says, "Well, by the looks of it, no." <laughs> <laughs> and he was very dryly uh, referencing. Uh, on, on I think two or three occasions, the fact that we come out on a Sunday night and um, we were going to have a little indie disco at the end. He, I think he used the phrase indie disco a couple of times. <laughs> so very, and a, a bit like I'd, I saw Noel Gallagher at Glastonbury where he said, basically up top, he said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to play some stuff you don't give a shit about for half an hour. And then I'm going to make a lot of people in bucket hats very happy. And he played solo material for half an hour. And then he played Oasis songs for half yeah. an hour. And I, I spent much of Glastonbury from then on sort of wrestling with whether that was a very cool thing to do yeah. or desperately cynical. Um, <laughs> what you've done now is you've, you've, I'm going to be thinking about that set that I didn't, wasn't at. Right. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I often have like this um, weird anxiety when I see a musician, and it's usually it's the singer, speak publicly. As a stand-up, I feel for them of like, are they going to get a laugh? <laughs> like, sure, sure. Like I get that very specific type of anxiety of like, oh, it's an audience that likes them, so just do stuff that they understand <laughs> and don't try new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you see a stand-up come on in like a new character and you're like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> um, I mean, the, the audiences tend to be very generous to singers um, in terms of laughter, which is, I mean, why wouldn't they be? But I think there's... My favourite experience that I saw this year with Chats was Courtney Barnett at Roundhouse. She was so charming and elegant. I don't remember, weirdly, I don't remember much chat from The Cure. I mean, at the Glastonbury set, it had been a very hit-packed encore, but mm. a couple of the, the bigger ones had been sprinkled. Mm. Whereas here, it really was... I mean, it was... I, I, loved, I loved the, you know, the main body of the set as well, but it was, it was 
it was, it was crazy what a sort of yeah. seven or eight song final section it was when they just ripped through. Well, because even the first, even the first encore yes. was still quite. Oh yeah, it went like, on. Came back, and we still didn't know the songs. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Okay. <laughs> We're working for our indie disco here. Yeah, but it's like it's like the first encore ended with a forest. I don't know, that, but that's, yes. my, exactly the that's first, my favorite kill. That was it. So that was, yeah. I was, very happy. That was a then, real highlight for me, the forest. And at the back, they had a forest in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no expense spared. But yeah, the second encore, no, the first encore, I, I mean, if I'm honest, I had was tempted to check setlist before, went on setlist FM and then just noticed that there was two encores and stopped reading. So I knew there would be two encores mm. uh, approaching it as much as I tried to forget it. But that's, you know, that second, so it's like first encore ends with a forest and then the second encore has... Lullaby. Lullaby. Mm. The Walk. The Walk. As Friday I'm in Love. It has Close to Me. It has In Between Days. It has Just Like Heaven, <laughs> Boys Don't Cry, which is like insane. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you subscribe to the theory that we enjoyed that all the more because we'd uh, worked for it with some of the longer, more atmospheric tracks? I think that because, so if you think of it as like a body of work and they're like like a band for me being a, um, I'm, this, I'm going to try and explain this concept that I'd, I haven't explained to myself yet. <laughs> <laughs> See, if a band's like, the best songs are like a bright yellow, I quite enjoy like having the uh, opacity of it getting more and more throughout the gig and finishing on the bright yellow. Right, right. So like having like... Oh, so you don't think, you don't think it's a start with your second best song? End no, with your best song? I think it's you should... every song must be better than the one before in a direct <laughs> no, chronological... No, I think... I didn't think about that. I think I quite enjoyed the... I really enjoyed the last, whatever, five or six songs that mm. it felt... It felt like we earned it, but also it felt like a, by, the, by the time I had built a, a, a relationship with the band in my head through all the songs that I didn't know and all the experience that I had. Mm. So it, it just felt like more of a them going, hey, do you remember that from before? <laughs> it felt very much like the Yosushi of memories coming back. I'm so pleased that Yosushi has got <laughs> <laughs> such a strong run out. And I'm so glad that you're sponsored by them. <laughs> so ready on. <laughs> Basically, it's just sort of contextual, right? That I think that almost like objectively, the best way to do a gig would be whatever songs you've chosen, like in inverted commas, the worst song first, yeah. and then just getting all the way to the best song. But the reason that most bands don't do that is sort of twofold, where one, like, do you have a fervent enough audience and like mastery of the situation that you've got like trust in the room? And two, in a specific level of trust, do the audience trust you to give them their their chalk ice after yeah. all the yeah. broccoli. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like, yeah, but what if the second encore is broccoli as well? And I love broccoli. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like <laughs> so so like that's why the the Gallagher thing giving you another bit of broccoli going. <laughs> <laughs> later, later. But that's why like I think the room trusted that, that it, all the good stuff was gonna happen. I not, think. not the good stuff. The, the no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, yeah. yes. But the but like that's why I think the Gallagher thing kind of works where he's just like explicitly like chocolate for pudding yeah. <laughs> in the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, at Glastonbury the Sunday night headline clash on in twenty nineteen was two. I would uh, on the on the other stage and I think maybe the West Holtz. You had your compatriot of the aforementioned Christine and the Queens. Um, and then as Chris, I believe, yes, and uh, ja and Janelle Monae. So two of the most like oh, wow. exciting Ooh. genre bending pop acts of the last uh, ten years. Yes, and then the streets were on at the John Peel, sort of oh. on their 
know, slightly sort of never-ending reunion, but still very, very exciting. Yeah. And I think that actually been rather lazily our first choice. It'd be quite fun to go and see the streets. You couldn't get anywhere near it. So we then, my friend Michael and I, went over to watch uh, The Cure with a couple of friends. Mm. And again, we're very much in it. But they were, you know, you were getting, as I said, a bit more chalk ice sort of in and amongst the broccoli. But I think not maybe as as much respect as they've earned and as much as the casual mm. Grassmere fan is still, a, you know, usually quite... The casual Grassmere punter is still quite a music fan. The, the general reviews from the people I talked to were, um, goodness, there was some really sort of quite fun poppy stuff on the Sunday night and we went to watch The Cure be quite, quite opaque. Um, yeah. I can't remember whether opaque was good or bad on your thing, but I think in this case, <laughs> maybe bad. Um, and, and actually a couple of people saying that they, they didn't make it to the end, where obviously in this case it's like, you fools! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a Magnum classic! But there's also an element of me that if I see a band do new stuff in the middle, like, I feel like it's probably really fun for them to play. Mm. And so there's an element of me of, you enjoy your little jamming session. Yeah, yeah. You have to respect, <laughs> yeah. the, you know. And, and also we've got, you know, that, that's, the whole, that's the whole context yeah. thing, right? It's like, if it's like a band that's in their first 10 years, mm. then doing new stuff in a gig when you haven't released the album yet is like maybe a little bit indulgent for the fans. Yeah. Because if you're The Cure and like there's 12,000 rabid fans in of yes. whom 6,000 have seen you five plus times yes. before every year, then they're like, yes, then, oh, wow, yeah, I can't yeah, wait yeah, for the album to exactly. come out. It's, yeah. like, it's like, is this an exciting new thing about to drop that is like a privilege to see. Always yeah. this like, come on, when's Ruby coming? <laughs> <laughs> we're right. being, yeah, I think we're being disrespectful because we're probably near, in, in that 12,000 people, we're probably mid-tier. Yeah, mid -tier exactly. Committed. I was thinking that maybe like the, what we call the, uh, the liminal space of this gig was probably the main space for a lot of people who had seen like all the other stuff like a million times and we're actually very yeah. excited for the soup. <laughs> well, it brings us, I mean, that's, it's pure poetry, silly, and I thank you very much for your liminal space, main space uh, theory. Um, I'm going to ask you quite bluntly, what was your favourite song um, from the gig and crucially, what section did it come from? Okay, can I have two? Please, I'll, I've got three. Okay. So be, be, be churlish. Um, okay, I have written them down in order. Um, I really... I was quite surprised at how much I enjoyed um, The End, which the was the song the, uh, the song The End, yes. I was quite surprised at how much I enjoyed it because it felt, um, it made me feel like a teenager. I don't know how to explain it. It felt like uh, the soundtrack of an American yeah. like, 90s film where they wrap up the season and, <laughs> and uh, it made me feel something that was so earnest and sincere that I, I, I just completely embraced and I really loved that. Mm. I, of course... What a lovely feeling. Yeah, it felt very lovely. I, I really enjoyed, obviously... It's amazing that I'm genuinely just quite annoyed at not having had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did such a lovely experience. That, you know, all right, well, what else? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Feeling vampire, Ivor Graham yeah. <laughs> would like you to progress on to the next thing he feels more comfortable having already related to and thus is not jealous of your emotional coin. Um, I will say that there was something... I mean, close to me made me just... It, I know it's very but I would say close to me made me uh, I enjoyed jumping around to that song a lot um, and obviously Friday I'm in love like it's very it's a it's a classic triangle of ends Friday I'm in love and close to me any songs you wish they played yes fire in Cairo and that French song and is that a cure song or an in oh, <laughs> <laughs> really really wish they played 
and it's it's really sad how it took me until um, we separated out of the tube for me to, like my phone had died, so I, could, uh, so I couldn't look back, but remembering that the lyrics to that song I was looking for were in French and then deducting that it wasn't the same band. <laughs> <laughs> but Fire in Cairo, I was very looking forward to hearing and I didn't play it at last. But, Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. They, they, they got my email. <laughs> Somebody must email the band after the gig. <laughs> Ivo, your your love they played it and wish they played it. Love a night like this from my obviously uh, 2010 Keels recommend playlist um, and a forest which I think is my favourite. But actually the, the the mega swirler which I'd um, uh, not anticipated how much I was going to enjoy was um, from the edge of the deep green sea which I think was the last song in the main mm. section. Heaven, um, and I'd have loved them to play uh, high the first song of Wish. But no real complaints. I thought it was brilliant. Mm. Alex? I um, you know, echo much of what you said there. So to say something different, uh, it would be that just... Um, Open the first song of Wish, not High, the single from Wish. Although I also enjoy that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I also would like to correct the name of the song is End, not The End. Right. Just for the record. <laughs> so I think my very basic thing, I think it was just like, just seeing Just Like Heaven live. I just think it's, I just think it's one of the best songs ever by mm. anyone i just it's just so good it's 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 just easily easy my favorite cure song and then i'll 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 go and enjoy other ones specifically for a moment yeah and 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 but but it's like you're always coming back to that being like yeah well i've just sort of banked that 10 out of 10 song and i'm now exploring yeah. uh, nice. other options so watching that and then um from the noodly songs i quite enjoyed last day of summer with a big uh, a big um, image yes. of an oak tree in a field i think and last it was day very of pretty um, and then the song i wish i played was uh, screaming pigs or screaming puppies <laughs> whatever, the, whatever the animals screaming in whatever way is um, so yeah but uh, a, a really lovely night it was a great night and then we slid around in the snow afterwards <laughs> got on the metropolitan line and had a long argument about whether there were too many niche songs into Paul McCartney's Glastonbury headline set. It yes. <laughs> was a great time. Uh, it Thank was, you for yeah. reminiscing about it with us. So. I really enjoyed it. And quickly, do you have a, a recommendation for some kind of music-related thing, be yes. it a, a, a gig or an album or a band or anything? Yes, so I'm going to run through this. Sorry, I've, I've come up very... There's a lot. Um, first thing is, there's a, a, a two-series part documentary about a French rapper called Aurel San, which uh, was filmed by his brother... Uh, from age 15 till he's the biggest French rapper in the world. And so it's him going from being a little tiny rapper in a small town in France uh, to selling out arenas and being the most popular rapper. It's 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 amazing to see because it's all filmed by his little brother. It's very touching and it's great. It's translated into French, um, into English from French on Amazon. And it's called Don't Ever Show This to Anyone. That sounds um, great. Great. It's, yeah, it's very touching. Um, I also would like to recommend a couple of YouTube videos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any videos of Jacques Brel singing are beautiful. He adds, um, it's, it's almost like acting. It's very touching. I think that anyone that doesn't even understand the lyric would be touched by it. Um, Kendrick Lamar being sung humble by his fans in an arena um, is just a beautiful thing to see. It's only about 30 seconds long. They're singing the chorus of humble to a massive arena and he's just on stage on mic. It's beautiful. Jeff Rodenstock doing five songs in a row um, live. It's called Session Two. Um, is that from Worry? Is that the five songs yeah. at the tail end of Worry? Okay, yeah. Great, great, great. And it's um, 
and then a video called The Absurd Logistics of Concert Tours, which explains the logistics of touring. And uh, the last thing is uh, uh, a quite interesting video called The, the Most Disastrous Tour in History, which is about a, t a night where um, Metallica and Guns N' Roses tried to do uh, a tour together, which uh, went terrible on night one. I won't spoil why. Sure. That's yeah. real, like, could you know, unstoppable ego meets an immovable ego. Yeah. Like, is it like, uh, who thought that was it? I can't, I, I would love to watch that. It's a good video. <laughs> Have you seen Some Kind of Monster? No. That Metallica, it's the like Metallica documentary about them trying to make St. Anger and it's like the kind of mad chaos of, of it all. Oh and there's like a great, there's like a great, it's all of it. And there's like a great scene where they're like having a telephone meeting with like uh, the rec record label and the site ad guys. Like, we can call it, like, um, here's St. Anger's Day, and the album's called St. Anger, but it's like, they're like, yeah, we can say, here comes St. Anger's Day, or whatever. It's just like all the, <laughs> all the like internal blood and guts of the like yeah. major label machine. And then also just like the a personal chaos that was happening in the band. I mean, the what's, what's that called? It's called Some Kind of Monster. Some I think it's on, 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 I think it's on Netflix. Oh, and just for balance, um, there's a, 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 a version of Bjork saying it's also quiet on a French show called um, Tarateta, which used to be, I guess, the Jules Holland in France. And it's a beautiful version and she's so touching in it. And I really recommend finding that video on YouTube. And okay. those are all my recommendations. It's a, it's, a, it's a stunning smorgasbord of recommendations. And I really feel we should watch the um, video about, uh, the documentary about tour logistics. Mm. Um, for, for an episode, even. For, yeah. Oh, thank you very much, Shelley, for helping <laughs> with our podcast. Ivo, do you have a quick recommendation for the, or a long recommendation for the, for the listeners? My favourite song of the year so far, but it's actually from last year, and it was actually Pitchfork's second best song of last year, <laughs> and I just swept it up in my, in my sort of list harvesting. So I'm, uh, and it's by a band I already liked, and if I really liked them, why hadn't I already listened to it? So there's a lot of self-hatred attached to the recommendation as per, mm -hmm. but it's still quite niche, I'd say. It's by a, um, a Canadian band called Destroyer, which is really just I one guy called Dan... HR, they are, um, who was also in the new pornographers. Anyway, his stuff is floaty. What do you do? It's sort of um, floating, Wait, atmospheric, and wistful. I just found out he was in the new pornographers. No way. It's just a song called June of his latest album, which is a bit, um, bit spikier than the mm. stuff I've enjoyed in the past, full of these very sardonic um, sort of stream of consciousness, sort of spoken word lyrics. And I, I love it. Um, I've listened to it over and over again in the last few days. Alex, um, mine is probably my favourite song of the of the last year, uh, which is uh, "Blender" by Charlotte Adagiari and Bolas Popol. Oh my God! You know, what? I'm so surprised you know about Charlotte Adagiari because I've just found out who she is. She's amazing. Oh, it's so good. She's well, they, they've gone, so one of their videos has gone very viral on TikTok lately, oh. which is probably mildly to their annoyance because they just don't really get much or any money of it. It's one of these bizarre things yeah. where it's like, you're, so there's a song where she is like laughing. She's using her laugh as an instrument and then also like crying and then moving from laughs to cries over yes. this kind of like beat. And it's lots of people then have quote tweeted it being like, Kamala Harris when anything happens or whatever like all this sort of stuff and then like they don't really get any money from it but that's a really great song but this song Blender is like such a good um just I don't know such a good dance song yeah. and it's got these really you know the, the, their lyrics are so funny and clever and sort of hard 
uh, hitting, but 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 sort of Ryan playful as well at the, yeah. at the same time. But it's just like just a f f fucking banger, <laughs> basically. I've, um, you should see a video of her doing haha live. It's it's amazing. It's great. It's amazing. Okay, I'll she look that. She controls the laughter, and it's it's hard to fake laugh. Yeah. Under pressure. Big time. I find and, that very stressful to to do. I know, and she just she does it so well, and yeah, I love that song. I'm so glad that she's going viral on social media. It's a yeah. great song. It's so good. I think it's cheating. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, fine. But best, best of luck. So thanks so much for doing the podcast, Sadia. I guess we'll all um, we'll all jump on the Yo Sushi conveyor belt and just sort of <laughs> make our last so and so as we go. Yeah, I think I have to jump on it and the next guest comes in and you just grab him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Sadia. Thanks for listening to Gig Pigs. It's been a delight, as was the gig. The, the dream. Great gig. Great pod. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. So this is just me fading in oh, after nice. that. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic callback. I, I I can't wait to listen back to it and see if you managed to capture it. Did, was I able to move this microphone the six inches in a correct uh, reverse Doppler effect uh, to allow the fade in to happen? I think surely it is it better to just hold the microphone steady. And stop quiet and then talk louder and louder and say that was Celia AB who was on the podcast. Yes, if you're doing, you know, yeah, but we're not, that's not using the conveyor belt method, Ivo. Come yeah, on. No, sorry. This is, um, <laughs> this is a game we'll never play again, but I don't mind <laughs> that we've played it now. Thank you very much to Celia uh, for, for um, her many recommendations, her many lovely musical memories, uh, the multiple journeys she took us on. Uh, just a, a, a delight of a guest. And those will be in the, the show notes, including the uh, YouTube links to her uh, recommended sort of yeah, documentaries and videos. media. We won't be able to squeeze them all into the GigPix Extra Swill Spotify playlist. Exactly, but you'll be able to get the other things in the Extra Swill. Again, you probably won't get Kendrick being sung humble to by his fans No, in, in, in the Extra Swill playlist either, but... We can't get everything into Extra Swill, although we will get in, um, uh, belatedly, the song Silver Soul uh, by Beach House, because you love Beach House, and that's the one that Kendrick samples in Money Trees, and exactly. that was something I was really looking forward to bringing up on the last <laughs> podcast, and uh, didn't do, particularly because Beach House have also got a lovely season called Norway, and we were referencing your trip to Norway. And it's the next song on the album after Silver Soul. I can't work out whether, just in reference to this podcast, and it's sort of in general, I am not operating at full capacity not to be able to see all of these links, whether we're just trying to cover so much ground that there are links between everything. So it's mad to criticise myself for, for not hitting all the beats. Yeah, I think, I think sampling starts to open up connections, you know, your, your Nine Inch Nails, Lil Nas X yeah. um, connections that, that, that can just cross-pollinate. Well, cross but given that you didn't know any Kendrick Lamar, but you do, uh, his, possibly his one of his top three best-known songs is a sample of one of your top three favourite bands. Yes. That's... That's the sort of stuff that I, as a co-host and best friend, just need to be getting straight out of the gate. So what will I be regretting about the Celia episode next week? I don't know yet. That's, what's, that's for that's episodes what's four's top, isn't it? That's for episode four's top. Yeah, yeah. We're always chasing the last, always chasing the last ep. Um, thanks again to Phil Wang for episode two, which we also recommend. Um, uh, just, just, just keep sweeping up the recommended. Go see Sally IB at the Soho Theatre last week of March, first week of April. And, Go and, follow yeah, on social probably, media. That, that's probably all you need to do Soho-wise, except uh, until the end of March. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's my show. There's, there's your show. And, and, and I, he's I, playing I, there. Can I, can I go out on tour, please? <laughs> 
May I? And I'll be, I'll be, because we also, a we're crumb both, of tour for a, Ivo. Kind of a crumb of tour. It's a big old loaf by this point. Yeah. We're both going nationwide. We'll be together in Reading in April. We will. Yeah, that's going to be very nice. Anyone coming to the Reading shows, it's 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 Graham and Keeley. And we're discussing a potential Geekpeaks live event for the summer. It's all coming together. <laughs> my, my brain is falling into tiny pieces, but it is all coming together. Um, we would love to hear, as ever, from our listeners using the gigpigspodcast at gmail.com account. Thank you for all those who've already emailed. We will be sort of responding to those and talking about those on the, on the podcast in the soon, the near future. Yeah, I think we just need to get all of the, re- the regrets out of the way, or certainly most of the backlog of regrets before we move on to the correspondence. Perfect. So, yeah, please do email. Perhaps, uh, perhaps you also have bought tickets with an X to a gig and then broken up between the purchase of those tickets and the date of the performance like Celia had with her ex and her Stormzy tickets. Yes. Perhaps you've gone to a band uh, live, spent the whole gig wondering when they're going to play a song and only realised at the end or indeed afterwards that that song's by a different band. <laughs> also did. Um, we'd like to hear people's general philosophies on uh, broccoli and chalk ice. Can you ever go back to broccoli after a chalk ice? <laughs> Should you? Um, please, uh, please do, do, do let us know your thoughts. I have... You know, I'd love this podcast to reach a big audience, but I'm also just so delighted by the thought of anyone messaging in anything about the broccoli chalk ice theorem. Sure, sure. <laughs> I just want to find more people you like put, us. You put a swirl, you put a chalk ice banger in, and then you're back to the broccoli swirl. But <laughs> um, so that was episode three. Um, thanks very much for listening. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>